0: You're listening to the Church on the Move Roswell podcast. We hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Thanks for listening, let's check it out. Listen, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 3. We don't have as much time as we normally do, and that's probably good news for some people. (laughs) Ephesians chapter 3. Um, This is a familiar verse, but I want to point something out in this verse that uh, God has just shown me. Um, It says this, Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. So what I want to point out is this, is that God said, I don't do just a little bit. Let me say it again. He said, I'm not just going to do a little bit more. He's talking about exceedingly, abundantly. One translation says super abundantly more. But I also want you to notice this. Your request, your dream, your imagination. There's always a partnership. God says, listen, I want to be. I want to be in partnership with you. Uh, uh, this is father-daughter, father-son partnership. And God said, "I'm not going to do everything for you." He said, "I'm not going to. I'm not going to make you do things. I don't want robots, and I'm not going to make you do things because I don't want to control you, and I don't want to do everything for you because I don't want a bunch of lazy people that don't that just think they can sit back and do nothing." Amen. He said, this is a partnership in life, and if you'll do your part, I'll do my part. And I know one of the greatest detriments, and we've been talking about leadership on, on Wednesday nights, one of the, the things I've seen in our state, and I you know I moved here when I was seven the first time, and then I lived here for about a year, year and a half, and then I moved to Iran. Uh, and my father was military, and then we moved to California for a year, lived in Sacramento, and that's where I originally was the first six, seven years of my life. Then we moved to Oklahoma, then back to New Mexico when I was 12, and then I stayed here from 12, and then I graduated high school in Clovis. I graduated uh, college at Eastern, and then I moved to Tulsa for several years, and then I came back to our state. And so, really, uh, I was born in California, don't hold that against me, uh, is there any Cali people in the house tonight? Yeah, come on. There's some day right there. And so, but uh, I was born in California, uh, but as because I was a military kid, we moved around so much that I had to really, I got the privilege of just saying what state I call my home. And so even though I was born in Cali, I, I claimed New Mexico as my home. And so because this is where I've lived most of my life and experienced uh, uh, most of my life, and this is where God's called me to be. And so, but, you know, one of the things I know about my state is is that that dreams are challenged, God kind of dreams are challenged at such a high level in our state. I, I mean, we're, we're not pro-business in New Mexico. Uh, whether it's our city or our state, uh, uh, man, they, they fight again. I mean, you gotta, You got to fight hard to get this thing done and that thing done and this thing. And I know we got some great people working in our city, but they—they'll tell you too, man. They have to deal with all these rules and regulations and stuff that's passed down the pike. And man, it's just there's a constant battle to achieve here. And because of that, um, a battle in business. There's a battle against the body of Christ here. Uh, guys, our government has fought against the church since 1912, since we became a state. Our government has fought against the body of Christ. I mean, we built a thing called the roundhouse. A roundhouse is an Indian uh, witchcraft a hut. That's where the Indian... Uh, Medicine men or witches would go in and get high or get get in the spiritual realm and deal with demons and all kinds of things, and we built that in the form of that. We call it that, and then there's kachina dolls lining that, which is a form of voodoo, lining the whole inner lining of that, and then there's emblems outside. Uh, statues and stuff around our Capitol, Uh, there was one. I think they finally removed it. I think they got enough complaints. But when we did a deal there during COVID, there was one directly behind us. I took a picture of it, and I looked it up on Google. It is a direct, someone donated that to the Capitol. They put it at the front door of the Capitol, and it is a direct symbol of Satanism. And it was sitting right there and right behind us. And I kept walking by it and thinking, there's something funky about this thing. So finally I took a pic and looked it up and it's a symbol, and someone donated that to put it at the front door of our capital. Listen, we have this spiritual negativity. It fights our teachers. It fights our, our educational system. It fights our, our, our businesses. It fights our children. It fights our people, and the only thing that's gonna defeat it are the children, the blood children of the Most High God rising up and saying, we're not laying down for this. And actually beginning to pray and ask God what He said to ask Him for. What did He say right here? Let's read it again. He said, Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request. We know the I've taught on the doctrine of asking. I was raised in a generation that we were told constantly, this is a lie from the pit of hell. You don't ask God for anything. Well, that's in direct violation of the word. Prayer, the word prayer means to ask. When you pray, it means to ask. It's like, it's an old, like, English, uh, old term, like, I pray thee, or I ask thee, right? And so then we know the word of God says, you have not because... You ask not. Or you ask with a wrong motive. He said there's only two reasons that you get no's from him. When you're praying out his word for your life, when you're praying out the promises of God for your life, the only thing that can hold you back is if you don't ask. If you don't ask or you ask with a wrong motive. He won't. He won't honor selfish motives. But he'll honor a pure heart. He'll honor a good motive. And if you're unsure, all you have to do is say, God, if I have a wrong motive, show it to me and help me correct it because I know that you want to do this. But I I don't want to do it from selfishness. I don't want to do it out of greed. I don't want to do it out of selfishness. I don't want to do it because to try to fill some hole in my self-esteem, Lord. You know, I don't want to do it out of insecurity or fear. I don't want to accomplish these things out of pride or arrogance. I want to do it because I want to genuinely see you honored, and I want to walk in your blessings and gain the influence that comes when, when you walk in God's blessings and see dreams come to pass. You gain influence with people around you because now people want to hear what you have to say, and that's your opportunity to say, let me tell you something about my God that's how you build leadership people love people who not just dream but see dreams come to pass and God said uh, he will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request sometimes I think the children and the people of New Mexico and even in our church ask too low we ask too low what is it? God's the God that can do what? What can he do? <laughs> he can do anything but lie. He can do anything but commit evil or tempt you with evil. I mean, the only things he can't do are evil. Anything else, he said all things are possible to those who believe that all things are possible. So, he's waiting for those requests to come and for you to actually ask him for what you desire. What's your desire? What's your dream? Guys, I I dream huge. I dream huge. And I want you to dream huge. I believe God called me It called me to this state as a child. It called me to, to connect my heart to the state of New Mexico and, and, and had me move around and get around other people who taught me how to dream and not just dream but live dreams so that I would come back and tell this whole state that the government can't stop God's dreams. Uh, he's tried. Governments have tried. Rome's tried to stop Jesus. Guess what? Rome got defeated. The greatest army in the world got defeated. By, Je- by Jesus and his people, the Viking gods of Thor and all them got defeated. The pagan gods of the Mayas and Aztecs and the pagan gods of the, of the Native American tribes and the pagan gods of the Vikings and the British and the French and the pagan gods in Africa and the pagan gods in India and the pagan gods all over the world get dashed to the ground when Christians show up and dare to ask and dare to dream and dare to lead, to dare to do it. We need, to, we need to lead by example. Our children need to see that we ask big, that we believe big, and that we don't just believe it, and we don't just ask for it and expect God to do everything, but we become very intentional on how we live our lives. God said, listen, if you delight in me and my word, I'll give you the desires of your heart. Then, if you commit your way, what is that? Your way of life. I will bring those things To pass. So there's a part. We have to delight in His Word, and then we have to commit our way of life, how we live, how we think, how we live, how we act, how we conduct ourselves to His way, to His way. And we begin to do things God's way. And when we do that, He's like, man, guys, never doubt my my mighty power to work in you and accomplish everything, all this. He said, Uh, He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. I can tell you stories. I can tell you stories that I've just had thoughts. I'm like, I've driven by places and seen things and said, God, you know, I wouldn't mind. Having that. I mean, it's not that I, I didn't covet it, I didn't lust for it. I just I've driven by places and said, God, you know, someday I wouldn't mind having that. Just asked him. Someday I wouldn't mind having it. God, if man, open that door. God if, open the door. And I've prayed one time over stuff like that. And then a year or so, six months, a year, two years later, I'll walk in someplace and they'll go, hey, by the way, this is your thing right here. This is yours. I picked this out for you. I hope you like it. And I'm like, wow. And then God will bring it back to my memory. Remember when you drove by here and said, You would just like to have that? He said, I pay attention, Troy. I pay attention, Troy. He says, He counts every hair on our head. He knows, He has His thoughts towards us in one day. He's so infinite, in one day, exceed the amount of sand on the earth. That's a lot of thoughts. That's a lot of thoughts. But we need to to receive that, that God loves me that much, that God cares that much about me, and that because he does, I'm going to return that to God by giving him my whole life. God, everything I have is yours. Man, whatever you want to do with it, you tell me and I'll do it. My time, my finances, my home, my marriage, whatever you want me to do, God, I'm in. I'm all in because he's all in. And there's nothing I can give him that will exceed what he blesses us with. Just forgiveness of sin, guys, is, is, is the most richest, precious gift that he forgave. He, for, he died to forgive us of our sins and granted us eternal life with him forever. Gosh, that would be enough. I'd be satisfied. But guess what? Our God is not satisfied. He's not satisfied with that. So I'm going to ask you this. When's the last time you've asked him to, to do something A great request, not just a request, a great request. When's the last time that you've presented to Him an unbelievable dream? You're like, God, I know no one else will believe this. And I'm not going to tell anybody else I'm praying about this. They'll say, they'll think I'm crazy. But God, I'm going to ask you for it. I'm going to ask you. What if you let your imagination go wild? And I'm not talking about wild in sin, wild in the world, but like, man, God, man, man. He gave us our imagination for this purpose. He didn't give us our imagination so we could think about sin and revenge and lust and all these other things that Satan wants to pervert it for and what people yield to. He gave us our imagination so that we can, he could use that and we could use that to imagine. Every great thing, everything started with a dream. Someone dreamed that you could build a skyscraper and then went and did it. Someone dreamed you could build a car. Someone dreamed mankind could fly, and then they went and did it. Listen, every great thing. Uh, man, Paul dreamed that he could reach the Gentile nations. Man, uh, gosh, oh, Gosh, there's so many people. Billy Graham dreamed he could start a revival in America, and he did. This little old Baptist preacher. I mean, David dreamed he could kill a giant, and he did. I mean, Esther dreamed that she could save her people, and she did. She asked, oh, she asked big, God, save all my people through me. I mean, you've got to ask big. You've got to dream big and let God take your imagination, not the world. And so you have to renew your mind with the word so that your imagination don't goes, doesn't go to the world but goes towards the kingdom. I, I, I just, I really want to encourage you to dream like that. We need to set an example for our state. We need to overcome all the the demonic obstacles that Satan has pushed out in front of people in New Mexico and say they don't apply to us. We don't live in that kingdom. We don't live in the kingdom of darkness. Satan doesn't rule over us. Sin, sickness, death, oppression, depression, none of those things rule over us. The Lord Jesus Christ is our king, our ruler. And we live in the kingdom of light, in the kingdom of heaven, not in the kingdom of darkness. And then we need to, we need to not only dream them, but trust God to bring it to pass. He said this, he will outdo them all, for his mar- miraculous power constantly energizes you. Constantly energizes you. And you know what he's talking about right before that? His, his Holy Spirit and his love for us. His love for us. Man, when you have kingdom purposes in mind, listen, if I was still in business, God would be my business partner. And I would always have kingdom purposes in mind in my business. I would always have kingdom purposes in mind. So I would never put a lid on how big I'd grow my business. I'd never put a lid on it. I wouldn't. I'd say, God, I'd say things like this. God, you said... You will add to me and bless me, but you will not add any more labor to it. Right? He said, you won't add any labor. You won't add any more labor. I'll do the same amount of labor for double of what's happening. I can give give double the amount of people a good job in a great work environment, a Christian environment. I can give double to finances to the body of Christ. I can bless my children double. I can bless these other places that I care about double. I can can bless, I can do double. But I wouldn't even limit them to double. When he talked about sowing and reaping, he didn't say, he could have. James, he could have said, listen, I'll give you double and we'd be like, come on double he didn't start there where did he start 30 times not two times God starts he said he said your harvest will be 30 60 and 100 fold return he jumps from 30 all the way to 60 and then all the way to 100 he doesn't started two we'd be happy two four times five times six times ten times God, you're awesome. 20 times? No. He said, I'm just going to start at 30. Why? Because most of us would have been happy with two. If we were having a conversation with God and God said, hey, what do you want me to write right here? A lot of us would have said, uh, two times? Three times? But he didn't ask us. Why? Because he knew we'd limit him. He knew we'd limit him. He said 30, 60, and 100. 30, 60, 30 times, 60 times, 100 times. I want you to dare to ask. We need that kind of leadership. We need the kind of leadership that is intentional in their prayers, intentional how they do business, intentional how they lead, intentional how you grow. We have to be very intentional to put ourselves in positions to grow. That's why Julie and I do the marriage conference. That's why we do a women's conference. That's why we do Forged That's why we do inspire. We want to give people opportunities to grow. That's why we bring in speakers and we have speakers here locally. And that's why my wife ministers because we want you to grow. We want to sow into you the Word of God and thoughts and principles of God, the wisdom of God, so that we all grow. But you have to be intentional. You have to be intentional to be in church. Intentional to put yourself in those situations. Intentional to to read your word. Intentional to get books. Intentional. You have to be real intentional. And God's looking. He said, he said this. He said, faith is this, that you must believe that he is God and God alone. Then he said, here's the second part of faith. You have to believe that God, this is, God is crazy cool to be, man. He said, here's the next thing you have to believe. That I'm a rewarder of those who diligently, intentionally seek me. He said, I'll reward you. You can seek, you can watch television for 20 hours. You can, you can uh, go do this for 20 hours. You can go to work and work 20 hours. I'm telling you, you'd be better off working 10 hours and seeking God a couple more hours than you are working 20 hours. I want to show you something. Can, do you guys have Joshua 1-8 up there? Uh, I sent the staff to a conference. I wasn't able to go, but one of the pastors there talked about this scripture. He said this, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. He's talking to Joshua here, and he's talking about leadership. And he said, listen, Joshua, you need to not let my word not come out of your mouth continually. I love being around Christians that aren't religious. Like, we're not talking about, you know, um, Uh, football, and they get all religious on me. No, I like talking to Christians, though. When it gets serious and it's time to talk about God, that, uh, man, the word of God's coming out of them. It's just popping. Like, oh, man, the word of God says, the word of God says, the word of God says. He said, listen, that word should be coming out of our mouth on a consistent basis, whether it's good times or bad times. Good, We should be... Praise God. I praise God in every situation, every season. I thank God. I thank God in every situation, every season. Then I speak the word. You got to speak the word. He said then, but you shall meditate day and night. You got to speak the word. Think about it. Roll it around in your head. Meditate on the word. That's how you learn. how. That's how you renew your mind is you got to meditate on the word. You got to think about it. And that has to be intentional because why? There's a thousand other things to think about. So you have to intentionally say, I'm going to think about this scripture today, Father. I'm going to think, and I'm going to meditate on it. He said, then you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. So you have to speak it, you have to think about it, and then if you speak it and think about it, then you will act on it. Then he said this, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Who does he say makes their way prosperous? us then he says good success this is really interesting that tells me that you could have bad success why would God put that in there if he if there if there wasn't such a thing as bad success he'd have just said success but he added the word good because that is significant because there can be bad success I know people that have bad success it ruins their life whether it's money fame or man you know dating or you know girls or boys i mean i know people who think they're succeeding and they're really failing miserably there's such a thing as bad success and there's such a thing as good success that's the kind of success that doesn't ruin you but blesses your life and blesses those around you and honors God in the meantime. That's called good success. And it doesn't come with you having to kill yourself working. You know, God man, God wants us to work. He said, man, you need to put your hands to something. He said, I'll bless what you put your hands to. He can't bless what you don't put your hand to. But He will bless what you do put your hand to. So He wants us to work hard. He said, He tells us to work hard. But He doesn't want us to work ourselves to death. He doesn't want our work to define who we are. He wants His love, His Word to define who we are. I hear people all the time, it sounds so noble, This sounds so noble. I can't come to church pastor because I'm working. Can I tell you something? That doesn't sound noble to me at all. That's bad. If if you have that much work, then I I think that's bad success. And I understand some people work on Sunday, I get it. That doesn't stop you from coming when you can, and that doesn't stop you from watching online. Your heart will be determined about how hungry you are to hear the word. Someone say amen. Yeah, there's no excuses anymore. We, everything's recorded. Everything's on YouTube. Everything, I mean, there's stuff out there. It's easy. God has made it He's used technology made it easy. But there's such a thing as bad success, and I, I want to encourage you. To do what God says to do and have good success. You notice all of that requires you speaking God's word. Thinking about God's word. Acting on God's word. Then he said he'll prosper you. And give you good success. Where it doesn't ruin your life. You don't have to miss out on every ball game. And miss out on every, every uh, family celebration. You don't have to miss out. On the good things. The Bible says, I want you to enjoy the fruits of your labor. God wants us to be some joy in our life. Man, God is the God of joy. He created joy. He wants us to enjoy the fruit of our labor. And if if we'll focus on the things of God and ask Him to be our partner in our marriage. Ask Him to be, say, Father, I ask you to do something crazy for my marriage. Just crazy. God, cut it loose. Use my marriage to be a blessing. Use my marriage to be a blessing. Use my life to be a blessing. I want to pray some impossible stuff. I was telling one of my friends the other day, he asked me, he said, Pastor Troy, what do you really dream about? Another pastor friend of mine in Oklahoma. And I said, ah, I don't even really want to tell you. You'll think it's silly. He said, no, 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 I want you to, I want you to tell me. And I said, mm, I thought about it for a minute. I said, okay, I'll tell you some of it. So I began to tell him, and as I was telling him, I thought, I stopped and said, man, you probably think that's crazy. He said, you know what, Pastor Troy, this is what I think. He said, everything starts with a dream. Yeah. I have big dreams for New Mexico. I said, I have big dreams. I, God dreams for our state. And they, they, aren't just, they don't just involve Julie and I. They involve thousands of other people being part of advancing God's kingdom and doing some things that, man, guys, I wish sometimes I could share with you some of the things that God's put in my heart for our state. Come this summer, I'm gonna announce the first part of April. Come this summer, I'm gonna be gone for about six weeks. You'll still hear from me. I'll have pastors come in and preach, but I'm gonna be gone for six weeks. And I'm gonna go do something for our state. And I'm going to do something for our state. It's probably going to take me about 40 days straight to accomplish it. It'll be nonstop, seven days a week. Then I'm going I'm to go to work in the spirit for our state. And I'm believing for this breakthrough thing we just sung about, that something's going to break. And I'll give you the details of it. April 1st, because it's going to require you guys to do some things too. Um, You don't have to go with me, but it's going to require that you join with me. That your heart joins with mine, and that we believe that something's going to break. Something's going to happen. We're going to see a breakthrough like we've never seen for our families, in our state, in our city. And so get ready. Get ready. Because you know if it's, you know, (laughs) my friends think I'm crazy, but they like it because hopefully it inspires them to do some crazy stuff. Listen, it takes bold moves. God loves bold moves. He liked it when David stepped up and said, I'll kill that giant. What do I get? They said, you get, you get to marry the princess, you don't get taxed the rest of your life. You get to move into the palace. He's like, I've been sleeping out in the ground for most of my life in a field with stinky sheep. I'll do that. And then he walked along, and he said, I'm going to kill the giant. And they, they took him, and, and his brother said, Ah, oh, he's got bad motives. Don't listen to him. And David's like, ah, oh, you guys be quiet. What do I get again? He asked twice. What you, hey, tell me what I get. And then when he got before the king, he said, hey, tell me, he asked a third time, tell me what I get, because this is a done deal. I'm killing this giant, but I want to know what I get. He asked three different times. And God didn't say, oh, you arrogant little punk. God said, that's a bold move, David. Let's go kill us a giant. He's waiting for you to do something. Not crazy, not stupid, but something bold and intentional. And it starts, always starts with this thing prayer. Every God dream begins with prayer. You got to dedicate yourself to prayer. You got to dedicate yourself. We need to lead our children in this state to the promised land, the promises and blessings of our Father. Listen. Every eye closed, uh, man, I, if you're watching online, thank you for, for joining us. I'm sorry, I should have said that earlier. apologize for that, but thank you for joining us. Whether you're watching live or later in the week, uh, man, if you're not right with God, I please. I really encourage you to take the time to listen to this last part. And in this room, uh, you might be a guest with us. It might be your first time here. I just want you to know God loves you. He wants to teach you how to walk. According to what Jesus said. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth and the life, His way. Do things His way. And when you do that, uh, I saw him take a drug addicted, miserable human being named Josh Bold, turn him into one of the most passionate missionaries on the planet. I've seen him take a, a woman who looks defeated down and out, mental, multiple mental medications, multiple marriages, and turn her life around, and be used greatly for the things of God. I've seen, her, seen him take a woman like Joyce Meyer, who was molested from the time she was about seven or eight, or maybe it was four, all the way through her teenage years by her own father, heavily raped and molested. She's become one of the, she is probably the greatest woman minister in the history of ministry. She's probably, she's led more people to Jesus. This abused, abandoned, molested little girl, full of anger and bitterness. Oh, wow. She ended up leading her father who molested her to Jesus. I've seen God just take what looks broken and looks impossible and fix it. Jesus said, I came to heal the brokenhearted, to set at liberty, to set you free from things that are dogging your path, destroying your life, sins that you're that you're in, defeats and regrets of the past. Bad, bad decisions on your part, on other people's parts, that damaged your life. He said, I'll set you free from that, from your past. I'll heal your broken heart. I'll change your stinking thinking into something good and pure. You'll never be perfect, neither will I, but wow. With God's help, man, we can we can sure be mature. We can sure grow and exceed everything that everybody ever thought about us. Anything you ever thought about yourself, all the limitations. My brother and I never dreamed we would pastor, not once, growing up. My brother Steve hated to publicly speak he took Fs, zeros on every paper if they asked him to say anything. Even if he sat at his desk, he would not read. It wasn't a lack of intelligence or ability. He was so embarrassed and so fearful to speak in public. And now he's the biggest voice in our state, one of the biggest ministry voices in our nation. God can take that kind of, those kind of situations and do amazing things. Amazing things. He can do that with your life too if you want him to. But you have to surrender your life to him, submit it to him, give it to him, whatever words you want to say, but his, your life has to be his. You have to surrender to him. and He won't, he won't tell you what to do every day. And he, he's not going to treat you like a robot or a slave, but you have to have, he's a, he's a servant. Jesus came to serve us, and he did, and he does still. And he expects us to serve in return. So if you're listening online or here right now and you've never prayed. But you want to. You want to live with a purpose and have some meaning in your life. God's the only one that can give you that. We want to pray with you right now. Or maybe you've known him and you've ran away from him. You just need to come back. You just need to come back. Come on back. We want to pray with you right now. Come home. Come home where you know it's better. You know it's good. The best parts of your life have been serving God. Come home. Come home now. So whether it's your first time or your next time, online send us a note and say, it's my first time or my next time. I'm praying right now. I don't care if it's Wednesday night right now or if it's next week. Send us a note and just say, tell us. We like to know. We like to know. We like to see the fruit that the Holy Spirit brings. And in this room, I'm going to ask you on the count of three to raise your hand up boldly and high and say, it's me. God, I'm going to get right with you tonight. Put it down and then we'll all pray together. Online and here, we're all right where you're seated, we'll pray. So here we go. Online, send the message. In this room, one, two, three, raise your hand up, boldly. So I'm going to get right with God before I leave here. That's awesome. That's incredible. Let's all pray now. Say this, say, God, I believe that you are God and God alone. And I believe you love me, you love us. You sent Jesus to die for our sins. You raised him from the dead. And you said that if I would believe that in my heart and say it out of my mouth, you would save my life well i believe it and i say to you jesus you are the lord jesus christ of my life and father i ask you to forgive me of all of my sins and i receive your lordship your forgiveness heaven in a life that has meaning and purpose in this life. Teach me how to live for you, how to serve you. Thank you for saving my life. In Jesus' mighty name, so be it, amen. Come on, let's thank God. Thank him for how good he is. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to find out more about Church on the Move, like our service times, or how you can connect with us, you can visit cotmroswell.com.